This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Anybody in the manosphere that's trying to say, like, I'm perfect all the time, <laughs> they're selling you something. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, (laughs) subscribe, hit those notifications. Please drop a comment. Any comment will do. You can leave your your favorite emoji. I really don't care. Um, But all that kind of stuff helps us in the algorithm. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, please give us a five-star review and actually write out why you like the show. That that helps out more than you know. I'm going to try to keep this intro really short. Uh, (laughs) Funny thing happened. I, I went through, I recorded all of this. I also recorded next week's intro and outro. And uh, it turns out I had the wrong microphone selected. So it sounded like crap. So I'm doing it all over again. So I'm just going to keep it short today. Uh, Follow me on social media. I'm at come on man pod or at come on man podcast. Follow me on Instagram, especially. I'm really trying to build up my following there. Join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash come on man pod for as little as 10 bucks a month. You can help support the show. And with that, you get added to the beer credits at the end of Monday's episodes on YouTube, but you also get all of these Monday episodes ad free, right? You, you get just the interview portion. So if you hate ads like on Spotify and YouTube and stuff like that, uh, just join the Patreon and you can access these uh, without, without all the ads. Um, and then if you want, you know, dating advice or stuff like that, you can join tier two or tier three. Um, I'll let you guys check that out. Like I said, I'm going to try to keep these uh, short since I'm recording this all over again. Uh, get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. Um, and I will send you some free stickers free of charge. And then finally, check out my practical law of attraction course at loa.comeonmanpod.com. I'm getting a lot of good feedback on it. A lot of guys, uh, you know, went into it with the perception that it was going to be like the secret, uh, but it's not right. It's actual very practical advice and it's very step-by-step and methodical. So, you know, if you've watched the secret and sort of just like dismissed it as magical thinking, check out this course because it will, it will completely change your, your, your concept of what the law of attraction really is. All right. Uh, with that being said, my guest this week is a 3% brother. He's been on the show before, but it's been quite a while. He runs the Awakened Man channel on YouTube. He's written several books. He's a men's coach, just all around solid dude. Uh, he lives in England. His name is Richard Joy. And um, we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about like the Liver King debacle. We talk about, you know, our perceptions of Corey Wayne. Cause you know, we're, like I said, he's a 3% brother, right? So we all got into contact through the 3% man Facebook group, the now defunct 3% man Facebook group. Um, 
which reminds me, if you guys didn't know this, if you guys were in the original 3% man group, that group is gone now. If you didn't know, uh, go and check on Facebook. It's gone. Uh, Chris Kokoski, the guy who founded it, uh, his account got banned. And with that went the group. So we started a new group. The link's in the description. It's called the 3% Brotherhood now uh, because I wanted it to be less about Corey Wayne, the man, and more about the the brotherhood of the guys who got together because of the book, right? So that's uh, that's really the theme of the group now. So you still have to have read How to Be a 3% Man at least once and be able to answer the admin questions. That that hasn't changed. That's still required reading. So, but uh, yeah. So Richard Joy joins me again. Great conversation. You guys are really going to get a lot out of this. And I will bring you that interview right after these words. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you want a positively unfair advantage in life? Most people tiptoe through life hoping they'll make it safely to death. They let life happen to them. Up until now, I'm assuming that's been your situation. Am I right about that? But you know deep down that you're destined for more. You know that you deserve more money or better relationships. Yet you're stuck doing the same thing over and over again, getting the same results. That ends today because you're gonna check out my Practical Law of Attraction course. My Practical Law of Attraction course will give you the tools necessary to write your own story. You will be in the driver's seat of your life, not just the passenger. Your life is already getting better because you're listening to this message right now. Access this course at loa.comeonmanpod.com. That's loa.comeonmanpod.com. When you're done with this course, the results that you see for yourself will be better. Others will see how your life is changing for the better. And you'll know that everything in this course is true because your life will be better. But the choice is up to you. You have to decide if you want to stay where you are or achieve goals so big that it will blow your mind. The law of attraction is nothing without action. So what are you waiting for? Act now. All right, returning to the podcast is another 3% brother who I had on early in my show's history. He runs the Awakened Man channel on YouTube. He's written several ebooks. He's a men's coach and he's all around a solid dude. <laughs> it's Richard Joy. How's it going, brother? Man, it's been it's been a long time. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Maybe about 18 months or so since we spoke last. It's good to catch up again. I'm very well. Lots of news to chat about in my own personal life and also with regards to uh business as well. So I look forward to to cracking on with that. I also been following you on the periphery and seeing you've been growing as well. So good for you. You know what? It's, it's funny. Cause my, my YouTube content, like my, my long form, like this, the podcast doesn't get as many like views or whatever, or it doesn't get as many subscribers as my shorts mm. because YouTube's really trying to compete with TikTok. Mm. So I have a lot of subscribers, but they're they're all just watching my shorts. They're not watching the, the long form content. I'm like, I I don't know how to convert those those subscribers into watching the long form stuff. But uh, I have I'll, once I figure it out, I think I'm gonna make a <laughs> make a tutorial on it or something. Because yeah, it was like I have uh, like over ten thousand 
subscribers now nice. on, on YouTube, Amazing. but it's not translating to views of, for the actual podcast. So mm-hmm. got to figure that out. I, I don't understand that part of the algorithm yet. But uh, like your your channel's gotten quite a bit bigger since the first time we talked too, though. Well, I mean, Instagram is the one that's grown out quite quite big for me. I mean, that's oh, took off quite a bit. Uh, YouTube it, it trundles along okay. I mean, I think again, it's it's I like YouTube the most because you can, like you say, do the long form content. That's the most fun to do. That's the the ones where you can really get in depth into a topic. But I do agree. I mean, YouTube, Instagram are both trying to emulate TikTok with this very short form content, which is great and it's entertaining. But the problem is a lot of the stuff that I suppose you're sp- speaking about and I'm speaking about is quite nuanced, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you also need a bit more time to break things down and, and, and break ideas down, which is why I value YouTube the most, even though Instagram is the one that's taken off. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's your, I mean, I don't think, I don't think we follow each other on Instagram. No, I don't think we do. After this call, I'll, I'll search you up. Is it Paul or is it Three Percent Man? You it's it's a uh, Come On Man podcast on on Instagram. Cool, cool. Yeah, I shall. Yeah, seek we'll, you we'll, out. we'll 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 follow each other. I've been I've been doing. Do you do do you do reels on there at all, or do you just do like daily posts or? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do a mix on Instagram, really. I mean, I do probably a mix of carousels, as they're called, if you ever utilize oh, those. Yeah. Yeah, they're quite good. People tend to like those. And of course, again, like I say, you can get a bit more nuance on a topic and people will just slide through. So I'll do them on several things, which are key to what I do. Male initiation, boy to man processes, harsh truths for modern men, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But also, um, it's been quite useful for me because I'm on the verge of releasing a, a book of daily readings, which I've been posting on Instagram I'll usually start with a quote and then do a caption underneath. And they're quite good because you can sort of air your thoughts. So it's a mix of carousels, quotes, and then videos, basically shortened versions of what I put on YouTube. Oh, okay. I was, uh, we're totally going off on a tangent that, that I didn't Sorry. expect, but uh, so I, so I, I was really getting like severely shadow banned on TikTok. Mm. <clears throat> so I started, uh, so I took a break from TikTok for like a month and a half. And was like, okay, I'm, I'm really going to focus on Instagram. And so I'm trying to figure out Instagram. I was posting carousels and stuff like that. And there was all these, you know, Instagram gurus out there. They're like, you're wasting your time. It's all about reels now. And I was like, well, that, <clears throat> that actually helps out because uh, that's all I'm trying to do anyway is make, you know, TikToks, which is the same thing as reels. And so I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just upload my reels there. And so that did really good for a while, but like they're now they're changing the algorithm again. It's like, I don't know. I don't have no idea <laughs> what works and what I doesn't. What you're saying, man. But I think like all of these things, it's getting that little community, isn't it? Which is something you've done quite well with within the the, through, the Facebook group. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that ultimately, you know, there's lots of solid guys in there and that acts as like a little nucleus. And then when you spread that out into social media and other platforms, it's it's quite effective. And I know, for me, it's been very useful being part of like a little community, if you like, mm-hmm. on Instagram where, you know, the people with moderate followings, but you share each other's content, you're chatting with these guys and you tend to create a little bubble, if you like, where you have lots of interchangeable followers as well. I think that's quite useful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's been key is staying in contact with the, with like the regulars, the guys that are mm-hmm. always commenting on videos, always like sending me DMs and just, you know, not ignoring them and and actually engaging with them, I think that's helped out quite a bit. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. 
So uh, what got me to think I needed you back on the show was I, I saw your video about Liver King. Now, by, by the time this episode drops, it's like it's going to be old news, right? Because it's going to be like end of January or something like that. But like right now, it's still like sort of a hot topic. Uh, you know, the, the if for people out there that are not familiar, there's this guy, Liver King. He's totally jacked. Right. And his what he's been telling people is that he's he's gotten this like incredibly un, unattainable physique based on following his nine ancestral tenants. And people ask him, like, are you on are you on steroids? Are you on performance enhancing drugs? And he's like, no, I sun tan my balls or whatever. And <laughs> and so uh, uh, there's a YouTube channel called More Plates, More Dates. They they obtained emails that showed that he did this on purpose. He was, he was spending like, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars on, on, on steroids that would like take out a horse. And it's like, everyone sort of knew they're like, there's no way you can get that physique, you know, uh, without, without doing some kind of, you know, steroids or whatever. And, uh, so I noticed that you, uh, were one of the YouTube channels that responded to it. Um, what was your take on the whole situation? Yeah, and no, it's, it's a good place to start. I mean, I think in some senses, it, I find it quite sad more than anything because a lot of what guys like Liver King say is good information. You know, it's not like he's completely talking load of BS. I mean, he, he's, he says a lot of va very valid things like let's get back to ancestral lifestyles, which is, of course, it makes total sense. I mean, we live these very unhealthy lifestyles very sort of we, we live in these cubicles we sit down most of the time sedentary lifestyles our diets are poor we very rarely know where our foods come from or what's been put in the animal or plant before we even eat it so all of that's valid and the stuff about getting outside and getting in the sun and challenging yourself pushing yourself i think that's why in a way that it seems to have gotten to people's skin a bit more than usual with this guy because it kind of sends up lots of the messaging which is very good for people and then it becomes ammo if you like for the detractors of a lot of these movements about you know getting back to health getting back to basics restoring your masculine energy and on top of that it makes young people especially the impressionable people think oh, okay well this is just a load of bullshit then i'm just not going to bother with it and that i think is, is is my line on it too where it's like look he could have just said you know what, i'm on steroids yeah i am but he still looks amazing even for a guy He's on steroids. I mean, he's pushing 50. He's huge. You know, he's living this alternative life. So you could just say, like, yeah, I do take some gear as well. Uh, and I think, you, yeah, he might lose, let's say, uh, 500,000 followers, but he'd still have millions. He, he's still bringing in millions. So you don't need to lie. I think that's the thing that 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 stuck in my craw about it and ultimately why I wanted to to comment on it because I wouldn't usually comment on fitness. I am very into fitness myself, but I'm, I'm by no means an expert. But again, I think that was the, the the main issue here is is this make believe world, if you like, that guys like that create. It's not just him, but it's almost like we turn a lot of the positive male arenas into caricatures of what they should be. And as I say, it just makes them look silly. It makes us look silly, and ultimately, it, it turns people off. And what it ultimately should be doing is taking them to a a much more positive experience, really, of, of what we're really trying to get at, which is getting back to basics, physically, mentally, spiritually, and romantically. And then, so that's the, the point I wanted to make in the video. And I, I did add a little addendum on there as well with regards to uh, 
he's not the only guy doing it. You know, I think you may have seen there's lots of trad channels out there in this day and age of guys who are all about coming back to tradition. And, and I love tradition too, but again, they, they take it so far that it ends up being this caricature. And I think that was, that was my line on it really. Got it. Yeah. You know, who, someone that uh, I, I follow that he sells supplements but he's very upfront with like being on uh, TRT is Rich mm. Rich Cooper. Yeah, you yeah. know Rich Cooper's yeah. like, yeah, here's my here's my supplement line, and he's got you know estrogen blockers in there. He's got natural testosterone booster stuff in there. But he'll be upfront and say, hey, this stuff won't get you to optimal levels, especially after you're like forty years old. Mm. Like mm. you need TRT to to yeah. stay at the same levels you were when you were like twenty one. Um, and he's, he's upfront about it. I don't think it hurts his business at all. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. I mean, it's quite rational as well. When you look at testosterone that's dropping in men anyway, to yeah. take action like that, I think it makes total sense. Um, and again, I mean, I think there's other fellas out there, like, for instance, you mentioned the more plays, more days channel. I think, I think it's Derek. I think he's called the guy from that. I mean, he's absolutely huge as well, but he's very open about his steroid use and that's why he's very popular. Because again, I mean, I have never touched juice or anything like that. I don't really know anything about that world, but I will follow a guy like that because he's just so insightful. You know, he's not really hiding anything. He's not hiding his own flaws, which I think is is the main thing with with regards to this. Well, this arena, really, this men's arena, which I suppose we're both involved in our, ourselves in in uh, several key ways now. And I think it is it's, it's owning, if you like that. Uh, we are flawed in our own way. None of us are, are perfect, and that's all right. That's all right. You can still improve your life in many different ways while acknowledging, you know, that, that you may in some sense be flawed over here or you're enhanced over here, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, I, I think anybody, anybody in the manosphere uh, that's trying to say like, I'm perfect all the time, <laughs> they're selling you something. They're <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're absolutely selling you something. I, uh, that kind of related to, so, so there's uh there's guys in the, in the manosphere that are on like Twitter, uh, and, and they will, uh, they'll call me out sometimes. Like I'll put out information they'll say, Hey, you know, that's not accurate or, you know, that's not really, you know, like the big thing is like, um, the red pill guys, I'll put out something maybe, you know, moral based, right. I, like a, a, a great example of this is I tweeted out the other day, like, Hey, don't sleep with other dudes wives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I personally think that that's a, that's a good advice. Like, that you shouldn't do that, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, I had, I had guys like uh, Ryan stone, who's big in the space. He's like, Hey, you know, red pills, not really about morality. And, you know, if, if, uh, if, you know, maybe you, you have your moral values and you, you think that you shouldn't sleep with a, you know, a married woman, that's fine. But, you know, just telling guys like, this is how you should live your life. Uh, it doesn't necessarily help guys. And he's like, and if we, if we had, if we don't have these kinds of conversations, right, you just shut it down. Like, Hey, let's not even talk about that because you know, we shouldn't do that. It's like, you won't learn anything. Um, he's like, we've, we've learned so much about women's behavior by actually talking to guys that don't have those moral, you know, filters, <laughs> you know, they will go out and, and sleep with other dudes, women and stuff like that. And we learn more about that than, you know, shutting it down. So I'm like, okay, you know, I, that actually makes sense, you know? Uh, and I appreciate them sort of calling me out on that kind of stuff because uh, even though I, I still would say, I would still recommend not doing that. 
um, it does help me understand, you know, uh, thing. And I'm, and I try to learn more, uh, I, I lean more towards like the red pill on things. So I, I, so trying to learn that stuff, I appreciate guys who have been in the space longer sort of correcting me. And I, and then I'm like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> like that's how we learn, right. Not trying to act like I know everything. So, uh, shifting gears here, speaking of other guys that have been in this space longer than us, uh, you did a video earlier this year talking about Corey Wayne, um, although you didn't mention his name, hmm. but, but I happened to pop into that video, uh, in the comments because I was, I was like, I, I wonder if he's talking about Corey <laughs> on this. Cause it just sounded exactly like my experience. Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess what happened, if I remember correctly, he sort of like you commented on it. You made a comment on one of his videos and he sort of lost his cool in the comments. Do you remember what you said, what he said? I don't remember exactly what it was he said. It was something to do with responding to a woman uh, at a particular time. Something I think he said something along the lines of when this happens, you should reach out and do X, Y, Z. And I think I commented among many other people there that uh, isn't this the opposite of what the book says? And mm. not only that, this is what you taught me three or four years ago, you know, not to do. And it and it worked. So yeah. I think that was, I wasn't aggressive in my comment at all. I just said, I think something like, isn't this the opposite of what the book says? Um, I've been practicing that and it's worked fine. To mm which... -hmm. <laughs> He left quite an aggressive reply, which I thought was quite needless. I can't remember what he said, but it was something like, you know nothing about women. You like bait a wimp or something along those lines. And I was thinking like, okay, it's a bit, a bit needless. But I thought, you know, I, I originally thought this can't be Corey because he's, uh, in my experience up to then, has been um, just like an awesome guy, really. You know, really great book. I still think 3% Man is an awesome book. If I work with anyone who needs help in that area of their life, I'll often recommend it still because it's just a classic. Mm -hmm. and it's very easily accessible and he explains it brilliantly and even from watching his content after that on, on youtube he always seemed like an awesome guy i mean I remember you always to say when people say thank you so much he'd say things like look this is your birthright and i think such a nice way to view it you know he's reawakening men to our nature if you like and it's been so destroyed in the modern world and i think that's got all manner of, of, of societal and cultural issues that have stemmed from that which we may get into later which are really causing problems i think in western culture but Anyway, back to the point. I mean, I, I thought, well, this this probably isn't correct. It's probably some troll or something like that. So I just looked through the other comments and I thought he was just doing it to so many people. And I thought, this is just odd, you know. Whether someone's attacked him and he's got hyper-defensive, I don't quite know. And, and of course, it, it was, I wouldn't say it was upsetting, but it was one, one of these things where you thought, no, I really looked up to that guy. I thought, you know, he's like a really solid person and offers great advice. And it's sad, really, just sad to see him respond like that. And as I think I, I, I pointed out in the video, you have to turn these things into a net positive, really, by acknowledging that anyone out there, as we were just saying, no one's perfect. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to be flawed. I don't know. Maybe he's just tired of taking shit from people. So he's very trigger happy. Maybe that, that could be a guess with anyone who offers any mild even criticism. Uh, or, or maybe... He's just taken a different tact and he doesn't want to be associated with what he used to do or, or something like that. To be honest, I didn't really look that deeply into it. I just thought, look, this is another lesson that life has given me, that it's about the material you get, not the person. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able to differentiate between the two. I think that's so so important with with the people I've followed over the years is is coming to uh, to to terms with they they may well take a turn themselves or they may all be flawed or they may say something you disagree with. And that's all right. That's all right. It doesn't detract from the quality of the information you receive in the first place, which is ultimately what I, I tried to, to do is, is still take the, the heart of what he said and some of the great teachings I learned, which changed my life really, but also set me on a new path, you know, and just, I've just gone further down that path myself in, in new ways and different ways as well. I mean, that's, basically how i approached it i was super interested when you commented and, and somehow knew that i was talking about Corey wayne i was like this guy got a sixth sense or something like that no it's just i i had a i had a very similar experience with him and, and, and what's what's interesting one thing i learned about it about the whole experience is uh like like a lot of us in the three percent man group we sort of put Corey up on this pedestal you know like oh he's the, the ultimate know-it-all guru when it comes to this stuff, because we have all of us in that group have gotten so much out of that book have been, a lot of us have, you know, just killing it when it comes to dating and relationships. And uh, even like our business lives are better having mm-hmm. read that book and stuff like that. So, uh, so a lot of us, yeah, we sort of really looked up to him and, you know, one of my goals in 2021 was to get uh, Dr. Robert Glover on the podcast and to get Corey Wayne on the podcast, right? Because those, oh, and I, I was also going to try to get uh, Christopher Canwell on the podcast too, but uh, he actually re- replied back and declined. So I was like, okay, that's off the table, but at least the, I can get these two guys on. I did talk to Dr. Robert Glover after, after I saw that you interviewed him and you and I talked about it and you're like, oh, this is how I got in contact with him. I was like, oh, perfect. Same thing. Um, but Corey, I could not, I could not get his attention for whatever. And I noticed that, you know, he was very active on Twitter. Um, I noticed that like most of his other social media, he's, he's not very active on, you know, I think a lot of that is just automation, you know, pushing, you know, stuff out with like stuff, tools, like maybe like buffer or something like that. Um, but he's active on Twitter and he's his real self on Twitter he, you know, cause he's just sits there and like, you know, comment, he doesn't talk about dating or relationships at all on Twitter. He, he's just, he comments on like politics. So it's like, that's, that's him. That's, that's Corey. That's him being himself. And, but he won't reply to tweets or anything. And, uh, you know, I tried a, a whole campaign where I was trying to get people to retweet a tweet mm-hmm. to get his attention. Nothing that, the I think the tweet I put out to try to get his attention had like a thousand retweets and nothing like, okay. So I'm like, maybe he's just not seeing it. Maybe he just has a lot, you know, going on. Uh, and so one of the, some of the guys in the 3% man group went on one of his videos one day, they're trying to help me out. They commented saying, Hey, you need to go on Paul's podcast in the comments. And then they shared it on the 3% man page saying, Hey, we're all trying to comment here. Like everybody jump in. And I, I think maybe like 30 guys from the group, uh, went to the comment section, <laughs> basically spammed his comments saying, Hey, you should really go on Paul's show. When are you going to go on Paul's show and stuff? Paul's been trying to get your attention stuff like that. And, um, so I was keeping an eye on that. I was going back to that video and seeing, you know, what people were saying. I was saying, Hey, thanks for, thanks for mentioning me and stuff like that. And like, I think within an hour, all those comments went, got deleted. 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. So he is seeing this stuff. He's just actively saying F you <laughs> basically. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after that, I just like, I had a, a, a total, totally different viewpoint on, on him, you know, mm-hmm. instead of you know doing like Christopher Campbell said, which was just politely saying, Hey, you know, I don't do interviews or, you know, whatever, which I would have been like, okay, cool. You know, and I would have still thought he was probably like the coolest guy ever. But the fact that he didn't do any of that and treated us all like spam and stuff, I was just like, man, this is this is kind of messed up because we all look up to you so much, you know. Yeah. So um, that was my experience. And when I and I I put out something about that on Twitter, and Rolo Tomasi of all people commented, and he goes, you know, Corey Wayne's all brand, man. He's yeah. all brand, always has been. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm starting to realize that, you know. So. Mm. That was my that's, experience. That's a good point as well. It's also interesting when you interact with other people in the space that perhaps, and again, it's a, a massive lesson this, that, you know, it's really interesting to speak to each other now where we've both been on a bit of a journey. You know, you start off with something like 3% Man, as you say, it's an absolute classic text. But you do go on your own journey. You start to read other things. You start to go into new fields, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And now if I, you know, take in the content from 3% Man, again, it's all very useful. But in many ways, you also see that at some point, someone taught all this to Corey. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And he's just taught many people because he's got a gift, if you like, of expressing this in a very fluent and articulate way. But ultimately, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is a great person, you know, that they're going to act in an awesome way with every person that they interact with. So there is that too in that, you start to learn some of this stuff yourself and feel a bit more comfortable once you apply that material. Because because once I, I first read 3% Man, again, it was life-changing and it, it really opened my eyes up to all the mistakes I was making. And then after a year or two, I was really starting to get the grasp of, of dating as well, like really making it work. It took practice, you know what I mean? But once you start having your own experiences, then it's almost like you learn. Do you know what I mean? You, you now know that a lot of it a lot of the material that you were once picking up for the first time is like second nature. I mean, I remember, I guess two or three years ago, I was watching some Corey Wayne videos and these guys were writing in like they do to him. And they were just saying some of these things they were doing like, oh, my uh, girlfriend has been really distant with me. So I'm really trying to like make sure I'm messaging her, you know, at least 10 times a day. I've, I've been a <laughs> yeah. gift. And you're just, I'm just sitting there like, oh, man, believe, I can't listen to this anymore. It's too cringy. But I used to do it as well. Oh, yeah. You know, it shows how you change. You get what I mean? So it's like some of the information that would have been like mind-blowing to me five years ago, it just becomes common knowledge. And, of course, I think there is something to that, that, you know, once we picked up bits and bobs of this information, you realize he's just another guy who was a, a channel to pass that on. And there would have been someone, I suppose, originally who who taught him in the ways, if you will. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, that's one thing I'd like to bring up a lot is um, basically nothing, nothing in this space is original, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, when I was, when I was first, you know, listening to his book, listening to Dr. Robert Glover's uh, Dating Essentials for Men, Christopher Canwell's stuff. Um, and I was like, man, these, all these things that these guys are saying all goes hand in hand very well and stuff. And, and at, at one point I even sort of had this idea, like, I wonder if Dr. Glover read Corey's book and then based his book on that, you know, but no, you know what it is, is that everyone sort of goes back to older school guys. Right. So mm-hmm. like Corey actually gets all of his stuff from David D'Angelo, from mm-hmm. David data, from, 
Tony Robbins from Dale Carnegie. Mm. Um, but really, you know, that's, oh, and uh, Doc Love, mm. right? Like those, those are like the five keys there. And then you go and listen to uh, Dr. Glover stuff. And a lot of his stuff is David Data and David D'Angelo too. So you're like, that's mm. why it's so similar. It's not because he's stealing from Corey. It's because he, they learn from the same guys. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, they're, they're just, uh, I guess, sort of putting their own spin on old information, you know? Yeah, I, I hear that, man. I hear that. And I think it, it's also really important to add to that. Like, the, the basis is ultimately the same in so much of the stuff we read. It's all about how someone articulates it. But it goes for the teachers and the practitioners out there as well, especially in this day and age where there's been this explosion of red pill. I think we're almost post the pickup explosion as well. I mean... I would say it was five to 10 years ago, the pickup thing was huge. Mm -hmm. And that was when I first moved to London as well. And London is an amazing city for that sort of thing because there's women from all over the world. It's just millions of people. Uh, and it was just, it's a bit of a playground, really. You can lose yourself in it a bit. But ultimately, what I'm getting at is you have to practice it. And the thing is with all the information online, there's so many people that I would come across that be all these experts and they know the material inside out, but are they practicing it? You know, because I see so many guys offering advice and things like that. And I think that's straight from a book. You know, there's still nothing like actually going out there and practicing it. Because even knowing the information, there's still a technique and a way of actually doing it. I often say to guys that I'm working with, if I sort of touch on this area, it's not really my area, but sometimes we might touch on it. I'll say, you know, you need to take a lot of this red pill information and pick up information from your head to your heart. You know, mm. what I mean by that is lots of men are head-based, you know, very logical. And that's great. You know, that's a good quality of men. But it, it means when they apply that to something like dating, which is much more intuitive, it's much more you've got to feel the energy, the flow, et cetera, et cetera. Almost be able to see yourself from her perspective, if you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's, again, a great, a great tool, I think, that someone like Corey Wayne taught me. But, again, that's all in the actual practice of it. And again, you do find it online, like there's so much argumentation that you get from guys about, you know, this is the way you do it. And you think, look, man, just go out there and actually do it instead of getting lost in these yeah. arguments. And you'll just you'll feel it intuitively a lot more. Have you ever uh, and I was I think I was a, a little like this in the beginning. But um, have you ever seen those guys that are like, this is the only way it works? Like, yes. this is the only yes. way. Yeah. And, and and one thing I've I've learned over, you know, the last three years of studying this stuff is that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, you know, exactly. there's not just one way and you definitely have to find the way that works for you and internalize it. So that's it. It's who you are, you know. It's yeah. not a, it's not a game at that exactly. point. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly it. It has to become part of your persona, the the man you are, the way you view the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's that's so true. And I don't know Corey Wayne's background. I think he's sales or something like that. But mm -hmm. there are several guys I know within the red pill and pickup community who come from very scientific and engineering backgrounds, which kind of explains why they maybe didn't vibe with women in the first place. Because if you like, they're, again, very logical, very fact-based fact individuals, and that creativity is quite low. And henceforth, they're a bit confused as to how to go about it. And they almost meticulously worked it out. You know what I mean? I, I got a friend who does lots of pickup to this day, and he often tells me, whenever he goes on day game, as he calls it, there'll be lots of like software engineers and computer engineers because it's almost they're, dri they're very driven by that step-by-step -step approach, which I think I needed to at one stage. But again, when you're actually conversing with people in that world, it becomes very regimented. Whereas I had my best experiences, I often say this, even after I'd stopped actually trying to 
you know, chat to chicks most weekends or even most days at some points. I enjoyed nothing more than just chatting with women without even any real motive. You know, I used mm-hmm. to work in an office which was full of young men and women and I was seeing someone at the time. So I wasn't hitting on girls, but I just like to practice, you know, that interaction because I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed speaking with women and having that energetic flow, you know, and I think that a lot of it is about just the pure enjoyment of that masculine feminine interaction, even though it might not be leading to that, that, uh, that end goal of sex, which don't get me wrong at one time in my life, that was absolutely the aim. Mm -hmm. But as I grew through it a bit and, you know, you get lots of those, uh, achievements and you, you hook up with different people you start to think well there's more to it than that there's more to it and almost the more enjoyable bit is the is the interaction yeah yeah well that i mean Corey also teaches us too that we treat all women the same right mm-hmm. and uh you know it's it's good to to do that even if you're not trying to get something from women treat them all the same and um also like not necessarily have an expectation of outcome because having having that expectation of outcome is what really makes guys come up come across as you know needy you know mm-hmm. i think so yeah just you know I, i'm gonna brighten this chick's day by talking to her and mm-hmm. and like having that as your goal is a much much easier goal to achieve um so we were talking about we're talking we talked about liver king now we talked about Corey. you all you did a video too on how Nobody we follow online is worthy. Um, you also mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, I think Jordan Peterson in that video too. Um, can you give us a gist on that video? That was relatively yeah, recent. Yeah, I mean, obviously I think I'm sexing the title up a little bit there for obvious reasons. But ultimately what I'm getting at is, again, I think we all fall into that trap of idolizing someone, you know, turning that person into this person that takes my life and, and how I'm going to, live and if you like they become like a demigod to 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 an individual and again i'm very fond of jordan peterson i always have been i think he, he talks a lot of truth and i'm very interested in lots of the areas he, he speaks about and i've been for many years and he's helped me a great deal as well but as i think i said in the video there is a divine irony that the guy who's the master of order ended up in rehab and i think i'm not criticizing him for that I think, oh, i've been to rehab so i'm certainly not criticizing him for that what i'm saying is it's, it's ironic you know, there's an irony there that the person who helps people get their lives together more than anyone else. One of my favorite speeches of his was, you know, be strong at your father's funeral. Be the person that your family can rely on. That was just such awesome advice, such an awesome life aim to try and achieve that. But I couldn't help but notice the irony. And it wasn't to be a smart ass. It was just an irony I noticed that that was my favorite speech of his. And then, you know, his own family is, is in a really difficult patch and he got hooked on benzodiazepines. And Again, it's not a criticism. I'm not having a go at the guy, but you can't help but notice, like, you know, this is someone who's a world-leading psychotherapist, whatever else uh, he is. And he would know, of all people, the dangers of things like benzodiazepine. I mean, obviously, in the US, it's a huge, huge issue. Over here, they haven't really taken off because of very stringent rules around benzodiazepines here that you can't really get them um, just from your local doctor without, like, a severe... Uh, illness of some sort but as as in a standard you know more than me in America they are easy to access and of course they've created a real mess so ultimately what I'm getting at isn't that Jordan Peterson is you know not worth listening to or talks a lot of shit not at all he's more than worth listening to but again it's coming back to this fundamental notion that we are all flawed as human beings now the reason why I say that is ultimately because my life took much more of a spiritual turn quote unquote a few years ago where I started to realize I can't rely on human beings I need something transcendental I won't, I won't 
drill on about that too much, but that was my experience. And that gave me a great sense of peace, you know, a great sense of, uh, well, a great ability, if you like, to deal with the, the shortcomings of the people in the world. And also, if you like, understand people for who they are, great or small, you know, and I think that that's the fundamental part of being a man as well, is at the end of the day, being able to come back to your own truth and say, I might be right, I might be wrong, but I'm going to follow what I feel is right. You know, instead of outsourcing it to the world, which tends to lead in disappointment. I think under that video, someone commented as well. Uh, if you put anybody on a pedestal, you'll get pissed on, which I thought was a, a good way of putting it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um Completely changing gears here. We spent the first half of the show basically talking about uh, <laughs> why you should never, never meet your idols or whatever, I guess. Uh, so in, in, in one of your recent videos too, you mentioned that you're about to get married. Yes. Yes. About to get married in a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats on that, man. How did Thank you, me. how did you meet her? So we met in London, actually in a bar in London. A uh, place I used to frequent one evening, and we got uh, sort of we got chatting over WhatsApp. If you use that in the states, I don't know if you do, but it's basically a messaging platform. So we met and exchanged numbers, and then we were chatting for a bit. And then, um, I mean, of course, at this point, I'd you know I'd, I'd had experience enough to go and talk to girls and feel confident, but I wasn't actively engaging in that lifestyle so much anymore. I was kind of on my own mission. I was building my own business, awakened man at that point. But we got chatting, we met each other, and then um, it worked out quite well for us because lockdowns started to happen. Now, I'm not mad into all the lockdown stuff anyway. I mean, I think most of it was a bit of a storm in a teacup, to be honest. And uh, we were, well, I was a little bit skeptical of it, but hey, it happened and I had to get on with it. And it was an opportunity for me to grow my business and ultimately spend time with her because everything was locked down. So we basically started spending the weekends with each other and I'd work in the week and we got to know each other over a period of months, basically, and got very close. And it was very, very natural. I mean, again, I think there are several key things which I could implement from experience with things like 3% Man and, and other stuff too. And also, if I'm honest, all the bad experiences I'd had had stood me in good stead to be ready for a real relationship with somebody I really valued. And I thought, okay, this is a person I really like. It completely stopped me from any neediness. So I was completely like, look, I really like her, but if it doesn't work out, that's absolutely fine. You know, I'll, I'll move on. And second to that, I could be very clear of her about who I was, what my values were, where I was headed, and if she was on board with that. And so, okay, I was, obviously I wasn't doing that on the first date, don't get me wrong, but when we knew this was, you know, we've been seeing her for three months, we're moving to that next stage. I wanted her to be aware of who I was, that I'm more of a traditional guy than you'll get these days. Uh, I probably wasn't, five years before that but I think I've grown into much more traditional position and she was very much on board with those values so that was great and of course that meant that we could very much build a relationship upon that traditional if you like dynamic of a man who leads and the female who necessarily is submissive but you know she admires her man she admires masculinity and that was I think that's healthy if I'm honest I think that's the tried and tested method and that really helped us grow very close to one another and then on top of that, you know, she even said this to me afterwards. One of the things that I said to her was, look, my business is just coming off the ground. I'm stable, but I'm not in a position where I'm bringing in millions of pounds, you know, or, or dollars. 
So you have to be aware of that. You know, I, I can't offer you that right now. And again, coming in a city like London, where the pickup culture is huge, it's easy to get laid really once you learn the techniques. But it's quite hard to find a relationship with a decent woman because they want everything. Again, the red pill will teach you that. You know, they're in a, a city where they want a guy, you know, he's tall, he's good looking, he's got a six pack, all the sixes, you know, six figure salary, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And henceforth, a lot of women are just, I find it a bit tragic now, actually, if I'm honest, they will hook up with guys, but they'll, they'll wait for that one guy for the relationship. And that never really comes, you know, this mm. is a big city for them. And of course they get into their mid thirties and, and a lot of them leave it too late. And I saw a lot of that as well, which again, moved me away from more of a pickup lifestyle to more of a traditional one. Cause I was thinking that oh, man, some of these women are just sad. Like I found it sad actually. I think a lot of guys in the red pill community call those women delusional. Yeah. Oh, yeah no <laughs> doubt about that. But I feel sorry for them because they've been brainwashed by feminism. You know, they've been told by feminism, you'll get it all. You'll get the career, you'll get the man, you go be a, a girl boss and all that sort of stuff. And they do, and they'll get laid. Plenty of guys will pump and dump them. And plenty of guys who are, are these six-figure salary, six-pack abs, all that sort of stuff that will sleep with them, but they, they'll just basically dump them and, and wait for the next girl because they can just get a new girl every weekend if they like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, the pool that they've actually got of guys they're looking for is so small. And they basically just ride, ride the cock carousel, as it's called, you know, and get, and get trapped on that whole thing. And then they get to their mid to late 30s and then time's basically running out. And I saw a lot of them become sad and some bitter, you know, they become even more feminist and more angry with the world. But anyway, I was very mindful of all that sort of stuff. And the person I was with obviously didn't really have any of that energy, which was very, very important. And again, I think a really important thing was, as I said, it was giving her that space, giving her that space to leave if she wanted to leave. Again, it's that I wouldn't, it's not quite the willingness to walk away and mean is one of my favorite of Corey's teachings. It's more like his, uh, his, his cat analogy, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And again, I mean, I remember saying to me once we were properly in a relationship, you know, like I thought it was a bit strange, but I really respected it, you know, cause I'd never met anyone like that. He said, look, you can go if you want to go. And if this isn't right for you. That's absolutely fine. But of course it's coming back to the basics of hang out, have fun, hook up. And that's what we were doing. Basically it was just fun based as it got more serious, it was value-based. We shared values. We have a, a shared worldview. And as we grew as a couple, we also had a shared vision of the future. And ultimately, that led to uh, to the position where I was ready to take that next step. And I thought, well, again, I was moving back to more of a spiritual position in my life, more of a traditional position. And that meant marriage was on the cards. And, and ultimately, uh, I would imagine, in the near future, family too. So... It, it really did develop very naturally. It was very easy. Again, I think Corey says that too, you know, a relationship should be easy. It was easy. Mm-hmm. I think there was one moment where I was like, oh, this is we're going through this really difficult patch or, you know, we're really butting heads or anything like that. I'm not saying it was completely smooth sailing. There were a few bumps in the road here and there, but largely it was simple. And again, as he says as well, the doors are just open for you. And that's the way it was in the relationship. And again, so, so important in in, in my experience was, was just keeping your own peace and remembering, you know, a woman's beauty, you know, it only goes so far. We have to be very mindful as men about what we're getting into, whether this is the right person. And of course, there were several things I was doing. We met in lockdown. So I said, look, I really like this person. We're having an awesome time with each other. It's a very healthy relationship. But I wanted to wait and see how she acted socially because we didn't, we couldn't go out in a social context because it was lockdown. Mm. So I waited till everything opened up again before I really emotionally connected. Cause 
one of my own personal red flags is I don't really have any tolerance for women who flirt with other men, who get excessively drunk, who I think are untrustworthy on a night out. I think that that's, I think it, it tortures men. And I've seen that happen. It's happened to me in the past and I've seen it happen to friends. And it's just something I think all men should have a zero tolerance policy on. But so many guys accept it. So I thought, look, I'm going to have to wait and see how she actually acts socially. You know, when she's had a few drinks. And of course, she was she was absolutely great. You know, she didn't have that flirtation behavior that someone had. She wasn't rude to me in any way. When we went out as a couple, she'd be by my side. We'd be chatting with each other. It's not we'd be stuck with each other all, every every moment of the evening. But I trusted her if she was off over there, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm over here. And I just gently measured all these things. and thought, OK, yeah, this is someone reliable and, and that I can really trust. And I think that that, again, is a very, very important consideration for men before they get involved in a relationship is making sure that person you know, it's trustworthy across different levels of, of abstraction. Yeah. And really take the time to study that, right? Like make mm. sure, like really vet her as a person. A lot of guys rush into marriage. I did like my, when I, I was married, I got married when I was 20 years old. I've told the story on the podcast a million times, but I only like had spent time face to face with my wife. Like she's maybe three months mm. worth before we rush to get to get hitched you know mm. totally totally bad move uh we were we were married for 14 years too which i also see guys in the comments often saying well i've been married for 20 years and stuff mm. it's like well yeah but are you happy are you <laughs> you know how's the sex you know <laughs> i always like to ask uh because i wasn't I, you know i i think right after that seven year market you know it wasn't it, I, I hated it. I hated the marriage. So the last half of the marriage, I was miserable, but I was a traditional guy. I never would have filed for divorce. You know, I would have just been miserable for the rest of my life thinking like, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, knowing better now, you know, I, I, I realized, man, I really should have taken the time to get to know her and stuff like that before rushing to move in with her, rushing to get married. Um, you know, and, and I probably wouldn't have ever married her if, hmm if I had spent that kind of time doing that. So it, it, and you're going on uh was this three years now? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. So you, man, you were dating her when we first talked on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been early days. Yeah. Yeah. Of dating her. And uh, again, at that point I had, I think again, it's, it's common in the red pill community, this notion of in, when you get your mid thirties, which is where I was moving towards at that point. You, you sort of come into your apex level as a man, you know, and, and that's what I found as well. I think it's because, you know, you're more settled career-wise, you're more settled with who you are, you've overcome a lot of your challenges, you've found more out about yourself. And at that point in my life, I, I probably was, I, I wasn't necessarily getting laid all the time, but I wasn't looking for that so much anymore. Mm -hmm. I sort of been through that spell, but in terms of quality of women I was attracting and meeting that it was it was it was the best in my life ultimately but like i say i was more looking for something which i could settle down in a bit more and be well have a lot more of a, a depth in the relationship ultimately and that's yeah that's what i found with 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 this girl and we dated over a, a long period of time and 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 like i say i wanted to make sure this was the right person and that's what I said, our energy was very natural all the way throughout but just like you're saying I've been burnt in the past, man. I mean, I really had, and I'd got with the wrong women. I had no idea what I was doing with some of these women. A lot of them were completely toxic and I'd given my heart to them and got ripped to shreds. I mean, really ripped to shreds by some women or one woman in particular. Um, 
And then it's of all, course, it's always one woman that brings us into the space. It's yeah, exactly. One. That and there was one in particular that was, <laughs> again, she was she was a pretty girl, and uh, but again, a few red flags there, which I, I was just too na naive to spot. I didn't even know what they were back then. And of course, I didn't really understand, you know, the the the, the nature of the masculine and feminine dynamic at that point either. And I just I allowed myself to get walked all over. But perhaps I needed to, you know, perhaps I needed to to learn these lessons to wake me up. And and eventually, that's what that experience did. You know, when I'm speaking to guys who've been through breakups now, I do say to them, like, Look, this is the biggest opportunity of your life. You just don't know it yet, mm -hmm. you know, because you can really wake up to who you are, to how relationships work. You can use this as a catalyst to truly finding yourself as a man. And when guys do that, you know, it's almost like they mature in quite a deep way. And then they, they can open up to lots of these truths, you know, and, and, and that's what build a, a healthy, happy relationship if that's what they're seeking. Um so yeah, yeah, it, it took a, well, I wouldn't say it took a while. I think it was quite natural from, from the get-go, but I wanted to be careful, you know, I wanted to, to know what I was getting into and of course for her to know what she was getting into as well. And I think we've both gone into it with our eyes open too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you have some videos on curbing sexual obesity, how promiscuity is fool's gold, how lust replaces love, why do you hate hookup culture so much? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, the first thing about it is there is a space at the beginning of hookup culture where I think you can teach guys a lot of things, you know, because in our day and age, we're, we're so detached from reality now, you know, with how men and women actually work. We're told the men and women are exactly the same, et cetera, et cetera. And they're just not, you know, they're, they're not. And you're either going to figure that out via listening to people who've been through the hard way or you're going to learn the hard way and I had to learn the hard way so in some senses the early experiences if you like pick up were useful for me but as it went on I, I just did to it earlier I started to see a lot of sadness I saw a lot of sadness in um women who are engaging in this lifestyle mm -hmm. and I saw a lot of sadness in men who were let's just say not doing the work to improve themselves and not getting the results that other men were I think you may have seen it, the 80-20 rule on internet dating and all that sort of stuff where some guys were basically getting left behind. And I, and I knew some of those guys as well, who I, who I felt quite sorry for. Now, this also coincided with my turn, if you like, more to a traditional Christian position, ultimately. I, I sort of move more towards that. I wouldn't say it was kind of like fire and brimstone type Christianity, but it was a, a quiet respect for the values that are therein, which, if you like, I would say are pretty based. You know, they understand the role of a, a man and a woman, but also they're rooted in love. And what does that mean? Well, love is the word you don't hear much in hookup communities or the red pill community. You say in the red, com red pill community, they just think you're gay or stupid or whatever and say, you know, you don't understand reality if you still have hope for things like love. But, uh, you know, what's funny you know, about I, that. Uh, if, uh, the red pill, there's guys in the red pill that are like, you know, women are incapable of love. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, I mean, if you talk to, you know, Rolo Tomasi, who literally wrote the book on Red Pill. You talk to him. He's like, of course women can love. That's a dumb thing to say that they can't love. You know, they just love differently. That's all, you know? Yeah, I think that that's true. But I think ultimately I do get what the Red Pill guys are saying to an extent there, because again, it's what I'd make the distinction between worldly love mm. and, and what you might refer to as spiritual love. And I think ultimately that was what I started to find. And of course, with that adoption of that position, which became clearer and clearer to me, there is a command. And I don't want to sort of feel like I'm lecturing anybody, but it's just my own personal beliefs, which started to shine through was um, you have to love everyone. 
And that means to not not to love in the sense that the Hollywood teaches to love or pop songs. You know, I often point out, big fan of Bob Marley. I love Bob Marley's music, but he's so needy. Like when you listen to some of his songs, it's like I've got to have you. I'll wait forever. And you're like, come on, dude. Like, geez. Oh, it's cringy. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's cringy. You know, and you're thinking like, again, this is what we think love is, but that's worldly love. That's I need you. You complete me. And of course, that brings all sorts of toxic energy for men and women. But what I'm speaking to here is ultimately more of is to, to will the good of the other, which is beyond yourself by the realization that you have, if you like, the same root energy, the spirit, if you will, in Christian language. And henceforth, that really challenged me of how the life I was living and the way I viewed the world and the way I view people. Because my line on it before was pretty much, well, I've done the work. I was fucking loser for years. I can get laid for love nor money. Now... I've done the hard yards. I've figured it out. Why don't I just go and enjoy it? If other people, you know, um, can't be bothered to do the work, why, why is it my problem? But I had that, that if you like, realisation, that, that change within me started to really make me question um, my actions and, and my worldview, if you like. And it brought me to a position of thinking, well, am I doing these women a favour by sleeping with them? Mm. No, by basically hooking up. I certainly wasn't harming them. I wasn't forcing anybody to do anything they didn't want to do. Very often they would come to me. So it wasn't exactly like it was me using all these, again, like the media thinks these sort of Jedi mind tricks to get women into bed. It's not how it works. But at the same time, I had to think, well, yeah, but is this good for them? A lot of these chicks, they're hooking up, they get pumped and dumped. What are they going to do? Am I just ruining their ability to emotionally bond with someone who will actually care about them? And on top of that, am I also detracting from a guy who they could actually hook up with and would really value her? Instead, she'd just sleep with a guy like me. So again, it pulled me away from that pickup lifestyle. And then as soon as I started to pull away from that, it started to make me realize that so much of my life was rooted around how women think about me. Now, this is maybe a bit controversial for your audience, and I'm not looking to start arguments, but it was something which I began to see like the incel community and the red pill community are very similar in that they both value women very highly, you know, in terms of your, how you deal with women and your relationship with women is almost like the de facto rationale for the quality of your life, mm. you know? And I'd come from a place where you may already know this, my, my life had fallen apart about eight years ago, completely fallen apart. My elder brother had killed himself. Friends had killed themselves. I was addicted to all manner of things. I was in a real mess. Yeah, I think we talked about that in the first time you were on. Yeah. Right, man. Yeah, that's at the core of my story. And uh, and then I ended up kind of having this reawakening, if you will. And, and in that, I found a deep sense of peace. And that, for me, was the first time there was something more fundamental to life than women or worldly possessions of worldly power. And that grew and grew. So I was still engaging in pickup for a years after that, but it slowly took it over to become the, the core of my life, whereas I, I ultimately was realizing there's a... There's, an, there's a depth to a man and what a man is in a divine sense, which is more than the world can offer. And when I start to live by that, um, let's say, belief or, or, or tradition, I found my life started to improve a great deal as well. I started to feel happier. I started to feel less needy. I started to care less about women. And also it, I found it, it, it attracted a higher quality woman for me, which I meant was less, if you like, you know, I often call them the Andrew Tate type chicks, you know, the sort of the Tate is obviously a very charismatic, good-looking dude. Yeah, like he's going to do well with women, but he's going to do well with certain type of women. You know, and and I'm not trying to critique the guy. I think you know he has says lots of things which are very interesting, but he's going to get you know your peroxide blonde, ass in yoga pants sort of chick. You know, that's the sort of woman that he's going to get, and I'm sure they're going to be hot. 
Mm-hmm. But that ultimately for me wasn't what I was really looking for at that point. What I was looking for was something a lot more, let's say, rooted in tradition, where there was a very strong vibe with each other, which was a relationship rooted in something bigger. And henceforth, I wouldn't say I hate uh, hookup culture. I think I can sympathize with people who are in it. Yeah. I just don't like how I would see it nowadays as it can detract from, if you like, the quality of someone's soul, which I don't want to get too preachy, but ultimately that's that's what it is. And very much in the work I do, I would like to see men find a deeper value in themselves than just that which hookup and women offer. That said, I can still appreciate that given the world is such a mess right now, there are still things to be learned. It taught me a great deal. And I probably had to go through all that to come to the end position. Maybe that's just the path that men have to take. But it's a path that we stay on for the rest of our lives. I'm quite wary of it. And just to end my little diatribe here. The, the fundamental thing is as well, the older I get and the more I start thinking about having a family, I worry about the, the social state, the social fabric of things. And uh, again, from what I watch online, it's a similar situation in America to the UK where people are kind of aware that things are falling apart between the genders. It's becoming quite messy and there's lack of trust going on there right now. So ultimately, that's why I've become more wary of, of pickup as opposed to a more traditional um, relationship. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's a. Have you ever read The Game by Neil Strauss? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that I found very striking in The Game, and and obviously this this isn't uh, this isn't every man's case. There's guys that are happy to be permanent plate spinners to just do hookup hookup culture forever. I I know some of these guys, uh, which is fine. Like if that's if that's you know, how you want to live. Great. You know, that's what fulfills you. Awesome. But uh, one thing that was striking in the game was that all of the, the pickup artists, you know, even though they could get like all these hot chicks, you know, and they could bang all, you know, all these chicks like every weekend and stuff like that. They, they all ended up being like so empty inside, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were all just like messed up in the head from it. And, you know, they really just wanted something at the, at the end of the day that was more fulfilling, you know? And I think that was probably what more guys than not uh, eventually will come to that conclusion. Yeah. And like I said, maybe some guys have to go through all of that. I just worry about this, the the social impact of it and as well, the impact on the men, again, what it can do to your mind and heart and body and soul. But again, I mean, I don't know if you followed all the, um, the rsd guys who popularized pickup maybe about 10 years ago yeah well, they, they, they were they were mentioned in the book yeah oh yeah yeah again i think uh what did he call himself tyler he used to have a name in the book i forget what it was oh oh and cook yeah yeah but he had a name in the book as well which he, he went by tyler rsd tyler durden yeah yeah but he <laughs> um he uh i think he's gone to a more like traditional self-help type position which is rooted in like spiritual health i think that julian guy did as well but I thought the most interesting one was Roosh. Do you know Roosh? Yeah, Roosh B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to love Roosh when I was going. He was like really hardcore pickup times, but very edgy. I used to read a bang quite a lot. It was like a bit of a manual I used to use. But he's gone to a really like trad, orthodox Christian position. It's yeah. quite interesting actually to listen to his story. I, I quite like him actually. He's quite an interesting guy. He's one but, of the, um, if, if people don't realize who Roosh V is, he's one of the three R's of the of the Manosphere. He's one of the original, like him, Rolo, yeah. and uh, Royce were like yeah. the three, you know, main guys in the red pill space when yeah. it first started. Yeah. 
Yeah, right on, man. And again, it's quite interesting seeing lots of these guys, like you say. I mean, I think I think a lot of them, you do, you do kind of come to, I think, a conclusion with it where you think, well, this is unsustainable in, in, in the long run. And of course, as I say, I think my biggest concern with it is, is the social wide impacts that you get out there. And of course, one thing I come across a lot in my work that I do now is guys will say, you know, I, I really want a traditional woman. Like, that's what I, I want to find. You know, I don't want to go and hook up with loads of guys. And I'll say, well, okay, that makes sense. But, you know, what about you? And most of these guys have got, limitless sexual partners in their life and are still pursuing that lifestyle like I was. And there comes a time where I think we have to practice what we preach. You know, if we want that, that more sedate relationship rooted in traditional foundations, then we have to, to back that up in our actions too. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause you, we tend to attract what we are. So yeah. if we're out being, you know, whoring around as guys, mm. uh, you, that's, those are the types of women you're going to, you're going to, usually meet up with now the funny thing is that uh one thing that you know we we tend to have this viewpoint that you know there's there's traditional women and that you know there's slutty women but in reality depending on who the guy that uh, chicks around could determine how she acts too you know mm-hmm. really yeah so it's yeah. so it's like there i like to sort of have the idea that there's no such thing as a good girl you know a good girl is a bad girl that just hasn't been caught yet you know and you know it's cool like if she's traditional with you like so a good example of this is is my girlfriend nurse chick right nurse chick is like the most traditional woman you would ever meet right she's very very submissive she she comes over to my house she cleans everything she does all the dishes she cooks dinners she won't let me get off the couch to bring she brings me drinks and stuff right but you know like in private she is just like a she's a wildcat <laughs> And I love it. Like she's my wildcat, you know? And I think, you know, so like I, I, I stopped having this idea of, you know, that there's like traditional women and, and whatever. Cause it's like, I don't know. At, at the end of the day, it just depends on the, the guy that, you know, the woman's around and like, you know, the frame that he's in and how she yes, responds to that. True, man. I hear that. I hear that. But then again, I think this is why again, which took me back to more of a traditional Christian position because I started yeah. to see, well, you know, this is a word which is seen as like the sort of toxic word, if you like, these days. But that's the value of something like patriarchy, as I would see it, which is, if you like, the the the, the absolute antithesis of the modern worldview, which is patriarchy is pure evil. But the idea here is that I do know what you're saying. A lot of women will gravitate to the strong masculine energy that they're conditioned within. Yeah. You know what I mean? And henceforth, if you have strong father figures, patriarchs, you tend to find that that traditional quality to a, to a woman is emphasized you know yeah. and I, again i think that one of the things which originally turned me back to a traditional position was realizing that even the bible is pretty based in parts i mean there's parts of proverbs where it's like you know beware of a woman with a her voice like honey and even though she looks beautiful i can't remember exactly how it goes but her <laughs> some of her thighs go down to hell and, her, <laughs> and you're like that's just red pill that's all that is yeah know? So it's very based, like very aware of like the danger, if you like, of the feminine side. But henceforth, I think that's why we once had a culture, or maybe still have remnants of it, which does emphasise that sense of, you know, something like control. And again, in your own personal life, I think it's fine. You know, people do whatever they want to do. But for me, again, it came back to that position where, in some senses, the masculine and you know more more wise women, if you like, have to play a role in that too, in terms of moving if you like some 
people away from that position, which is just, it's become a bit out of control right now. I mean, oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I speak to lots of guys again with the work I do, and, and they'll, they'll often comment like, I don't know how these guys' fathers let their their daughters act like this. I mean, a lot of them have had hundreds of sexual partners, hundreds, man. Mm-hmm. You know, these just average women. <laughs> what is going on there? Well, I think that's uh, that's a big problem, right? Is mm-hmm. that a lot of these women don't have a father figure? You know, yeah. there's a lot of you know uh, single moms out there trying to do the best that they can, but mm-hmm. without that strong father figure, especially for men. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read Boy Crisis? No, I've, I've, Warren Farrell, is that it? Yeah, uh, it, it's a pretty good book. I don't like his his recommendations, like as far as like how to fix the problem, but his statistics are like on point, right? And and, yeah. and that's a big thing, like where um, boys growing up without fathers is really having a huge impact on society yeah. in a negative way. Destabilizing, definitely. But, and it, yeah, I think it, all manner of issues. And of course, that's a lot what I speak about as well. You know, that lack of initiation into the masculine world, that lack of guidance of how to deal with the challenges of being a man. And the other side to it as well, you know, I, I often say there's three fathers. We all have earthly father, cultural father, divine father. And it's also the divine father's gone because if you like, we don't have any of those traditional systems anymore. Religion, if you like, has fallen away. And with that spirituality too. So it's a very here and now world we live in where it's very much about one's needs. Um, and then the, the cultural father is, if you like, those, those, those sort of social rules which would guide us in the past as men, you know, guides in how we grow up. And they've very often been eradicated as well now, which I believe is why I got stuck in such a mess in the first place. I didn't know what a man was. I didn't know what masculine energy was. I don't know what you're supposed to do as a man. So I had to learn it all from scratch in my 20s, you know, which, and again, I was very lucky. As I say, I had friends who died and elder brother died. And I think a lot of that is, is because of this, it's because mm-hmm. of this lack of guidance, et cetera, et cetera. Just out of interest, what what were Warren Farrell's recommendations that, that you did to him? Well, like, so I think a, a big problem uh, that got us into this mess, right, is this whole idea of feminism and egalitarianism uh, specifically. And he just recommends more of that, you know, <laughs> like when it comes to, um, you know, he's like, uh, you know, boys do it. Like we should encourage boys to do more feminine roles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't think that's the case, man. I think we, yeah. I really think we need to sort of get back to tradition, you know? And yeah. I, and, and the funny yeah. thing is a lot of the, which I don't, I don't think we'll ever do. Honestly, yeah. I just, I think. No, I hear what you're saying. I can't. I, think, I, battle, I, that's for sure. I, I don't, I, I don't think that we'll be able to put the toothpaste back in the tube. But I mean, I think that that would fix it if we could somehow have a time machine and go back in time and and go back to more traditional values. Uh, that would fix a lot of problems, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I think like no, so I, far I down the line, you know. Yeah, I hate to tell you what you're saying, but I personally think we have to die and be reborn as a culture. I think that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. because I think these values that we're talking to, they're as old as time. You find them cross culturally around the world. Yeah, and any civilization that's successful has lived by these values, and we've kind of got rid of them. And now, if you like the, the the peak of Western culture, and it's kind of tipping over the edge now, where everyone's looking around like. Is it me? I was getting a bit crazy, you know. It's uh, a great line in Joker, the movie. I love that movie where he says, like, it's getting crazier out there. And I think a lot of people are starting to feel like that, you know. Yeah. Like, again, I think you've got the same thing in the States that we have here. It's like, it's funny, you know, this uh, people will do it to wind up politicians. They'll ring up radio stations when a politician is on and they'll say, Can you define a woman? 
you know, and these politicians just don't know what to say because yeah. they're, they're so afraid of offending everyone. And even them themselves, they don't know what to say. Yeah. But then in the next breath, they'll say that we need to think about women's rights. And you think, well, what what's a woman? Can't define a woman? <laughs> right. You know? just mental <laughs> it's yeah it's clown world out there for sure exactly. um richard we're uh we're a little over an hour man this has been great catching up um where can people find find you online you can find me at instagram awakened underscore man underscore youtube is awakened man or awakenedman.co.uk. if you want to check out my website or even book a call with me you can do that there as well um i'm about to release a book of daily readings so keep your eyes peeled for that maybe in the new year if everything goes to plan it's a bit of a nightmare getting things published on a schedule though uh so yeah they're my main sources you can reach me at all right thank you so much richard i appreciate you taking the time to join me again today we'll have to do this again uh soon and not not wait 18 months <laughs> anytime brother anytime and it's always a pleasure to chat with you all right man we'll talk to you later Richard, thanks for joining me again, brother. It's uh, it was good to catch up, man. It's been it's been quite a while. It's been too long. So, uh, and you're welcome back anytime. You're you always have a lot of good insights, uh, and and I appreciate that about you. Um, all right, guys. Like I said at the beginning, I've already recorded this once and had to start over again. So I'm going to make it short. If you haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications. Drop a comment, you know, any comment will do your favorite emoji. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform, give us a five-star review um, and actually write out why you like the show. All that kind of stuff like boosts us in the algorithm. It gets us in front of more men. Um, and that's like a free way that you can help out the show. <laughs> Otherwise, follow me on social media uh, at Come On Man Pod on uh, Twitter and TikTok and at Come On Man Podcast on Instagram on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Twitter is actually pretty fun right now, right? Because Elon Musk is in charge. It's almost like it's I'm, I'm uncensored there. So you get my, my, my real hot takes on Twitter. Uh, I, I can sort of speak my mind without reprisal. And this stuff I say is never really that bad anyway. Like, I don't know why people get their panties into twists so much on social media. Uh, again, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash come on man pod. You can support the show for as little as $10 a month. Get on the beer credits at the end of these YouTube episodes and, uh, you'll get all these episodes ad free on Patreon as well. Also, if you didn't know on Wednesdays and Fridays, now I am live streaming on YouTube. So if you want to support the show, but you don't want to, you know, sign up for the Patreon, which is a subscription. Uh, and you just want to like, you know, one time, you know, monetary donation to the show, uh, join one of the super chats. I'm sorry, join one of the live streams and leave a super chat. Um, and then that's another way you can help support the show. Uh, super chats help. And you can leave a super chat for as little as like a dollar. You know what I mean? Uh, get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. And um, if you join the email list, I will send you free stickers for your troubles. I'm really just trying to, get uh, everyone's email list so I can contact them. If I ever get deplatformed, it's sort of a hedge against, you know, being, being tated <laughs> and then uh, join, um, check out the law of attraction course, my practical law of attraction course. You know, there's, there's no crystals with it. There's no genies granting wishes. There's no magic eight balls. It's practical advice that you can follow to take control of your life and write your own story right? So many people 
tiptoe through life, just letting life happen to them. And they're just trying to make it safely to death. Right. Um, but they don't realize that the power's in their hands to write their own story. Maybe you want more money. Maybe you want better relationships, you know, whatever, whatever your goals are in life. If you follow these, these tools that are in this course, you can, you can achieve some pretty amazing goals in your life. Okay. So check that out. Links in the description for that. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I have for this week. Uh, we'll either catch you on Wednesday for the live stream or we'll see you next week on, on Monday. Take care. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.